And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and joining me in the studio today is Dr. John Vance, pastor of Westminster Presbyterian Church in Rock Tavern. Hello, Dan. Well, John, it's good to have you here in the studio. It's wonderful to be here. This is uh, also a wonderful time of year. You know, tomorrow uh, is the beginning of Advent, and uh, we thought that we would take a little time side and just simply talk about this wonderful season that the church has celebrated for so many years, and I'm wondering if you can just get us started and explain what this season is all about. Well, Advent, of course, uh, means uh, coming, or in this case, the coming of the Lord, and um, uh, there has uh, been in many of our churches a tradition of a kind of a countdown, if you will, to Christmas, and mm. the four Sundays prior to Christmas constitute the Advent season. There's the first Sunday of Advent, the second Sunday, the third Sunday, and the fourth Sunday, and many of the churches, uh, Protestants, Catholic, uh, and others um, from various backgrounds, um, observe and and um, uh, Christmas in this way by counting down the time to the coming of the Lord. Uh, and the celebration of his birth, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was a young man growing up, I was in a, I guess what you would call a different tradition. He was still Christian and um, emphasized the Bible. Um, but I just don't recall really hearing too much about Advent. And then another thing I can remember is that as a young man, some of my friends had these little calendars with these little doors that would they would uh-huh, open up. Sure, I, I guess you called an advent calendar. Al- advent calendar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was kind of neat. But um, Advent, um, from what I've read and understand, is really the beginning of the church year for many churches in in the Western tradition. Yes, just like uh, New Year's is the beginning of a new year. Yeah. The church has a church year, and it's developed through the centuries, and it developed early on and grew out of, of course, the Bible, because mm-hmm. you see that Jesus observed days and times uh, as a rabbi. He was a rabbi, but he went up to Jerusalem mm-hmm. uh, for the Passover, and he observed uh, these things in his home, that he was a typical observant Jew from one perspective. And so uh, the Christian church carried this over, and the calendar developed. But the very first Sunday in the church year is the first Sunday of Advent. Mm. Is there a sense of um, what the Christian is expected to do, again, passed down through the centuries? uh, I've read something about fasting, uh, being sorry for one's sins, this sort of uh, feeling and, and humbleness before God as we anticipate again his coming? Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, we are counseled in the scriptures, even by our Lord, to watch and pray. Yeah. And That's Advent it. really is watching and praying, and that may include other uh, practices. I know many people uh, start reading the Bible, and hmm. that's when they begin their year-long oh, yeah. uh, systematic reading of the Bible. That would be very appropriate. I never thought uh, yes, of that it before. it begins the first Sunday of Advent, and they go oh, right yeah. through. Yeah. Now, there's uh, lists, right? Help me here. I may be jumping too quick, but there are um, lists, I believe, of um, verses that correspond to, I guess you call it the church calendar. 
Uh, help us understand well, what that's a, all about. What has developed through the years is what is called a lectionary. Lectionary, Which yes. means reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's actually a three-year cycle. If you take year one, year two, and year three, the calendar is designed that the people of God will encounter almost all portions of the Bible over a three-year period. That's what it is, yeah. And the first year has a systematic reading, the second year has a systematic reading, and the third mm-hmm. year, they pretty much cover the same topics. You're reading different verses, but you're reading an awful lot of the Bible in three years. You really are. And uh, it's an amazing thing. And yeah. so it keeps you, if you will, you know, most people like variety. I, I was talking to you off the air. Yes. I have a, a friend of mine, and several friends, that may decide to preach a book of the Bible, and they may preach it for a year or two. (laughs) And there's nothing wrong with that, honestly. I mean, uh, I would reserve it more for study, like a Bible study. Yes, yes. But, um, you know, I I like to have variations in my diet. So I do like to get all portions of the Scripture, and an electionary helps you get encounter all portions of the Scripture. For instance, on every Lord's Day, for instance – in Westminster Church, we have, number one, an Old Testament reading, number two, a New Testament reading, number three, an epistle reading, mm-hmm. and then there is a reading from the Psalms. Oh, yes. You encounter four scriptures each Lord's Day. Well, there's actually that for every day, and mm-hmm. Christians want to observe that and follow that. And as I recall, your practice has often been to um, preach based on the text Yes, pretty much. I, I jump in and out of it, but yeah, when, I, I, get, when I get to Christmas and oh. I get to Easter, I make sure I'm preaching yeah. those themes at that time, which I think are <laughs> most appropriate. Yeah. But I will take, uh, for instance, uh, one of Paul's letters and preach through it maybe four, five, six sermons in a row. Mm-hmm. I do think we need that side as well, where we're yes. going through a whole book. Yes. But on the other hand, we need the other two. So uh, I, I jump in and out of the lectionary. We're talking about Advent, and um, that led me to ask you a little bit about the lectionary and the the readings for each week of the church year. Um, Advent's a wonderful time. We're looking forward to the coming of Jesus. Now, of course, we know that he's come, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and yet it does us well to almost put ourselves back at the time of his coming, of the wise men, of, of the shepherds, with this anticipation I think it's good for the soul to just relive almost. You know, what is interesting about Advent is that the first readings do not focus on the uh, birth of Jesus, but they focus on his second coming and judgment. Oh, that's neat. And the reason is, is because you'll notice in the prophets, such as Isaiah, they do not distinguish between the first coming and the second coming. Mm. They may not, in one sense, it may have been held from them to know that there was uh, two mm. events, so to speak. There was the advent of his coming at birth, and then there's the advent of his coming at the end of history. And and I think that God, in his wisdom in the New Testament, shows us that mm. these two events are not one single event, but he was born, and he will come again. Yeah. Because he was taken up, this same Jesus, which you've seen go up, will return. And so Advent actually focuses simply on coming, both Mm -hmm. of them, from the prophetic perspective. Because you must remember that Jesus was born 
that he might redeem us. The writer of Hebrews says God is showing patience hmm. by allowing us to prepare for the second coming. Yes. He comes to save us. And the second time he comes, it is coming without sin unto salvation mm-hmm. and to judge us. And as certain as he came the first time, he will come, come again. the second. Amen. With that, we'll take a short break. You're listening to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. Today's discussion is on Advent. Stay with us. We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. If you would like to help support us this month, and perhaps in the future, our mailing address is Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Once again, Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Stay with us now for the second half of our program. And welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. Joining me in the studio today, Dr. John Vance, pastor, Westminster Presbyterian Church in Rock Tavern. Today's discussion is on Advent. And, uh, John, before we took our break, you had uh, mentioned briefly of uh, the kinds of verses that we look at and chew on during the season of Advent and how that it's so appropriate that we be looking forward to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Yes, it is. The first few weeks of Advent really focus the readings, our, our readings from the Bible, uh, verses from the Bible, texts that I would preach from the pulpit, mm-hmm. focus on the second coming of Jesus Christ yeah. and of his of his uh, judgment. Yeah. So in in one sense it helps us prepare for the first coming of Christ by remembering that we will give an account of our lives and we should repent. Yes. You know there are wonderful words in the Bible concerning repentance. In the New Testament there is a a Greek word metanoia it means to change your mind. 
Mm-hmm. We don't think like the world, and we're not to think like the Amen. world. We mm-hmm. are to to have a mind that's transformed. And in the Old Testament, uh, uh, one of the Hebrew words for repentance is shuv, which means to turn or return. Israel mm-hmm. is always challenged to turn around or return to the Lord. And so when we when we think of Christmas, it's not just a time where people get all kinds of presents. Uh, and it's that, too. After all, God's greatest gift to any of us is, is our Lord Jesus Christ. Right. He gave his son as a free gift. On the other hand, uh, he also is the eternal Lord who comes at the end of history for judgment. We should, in fear and trembling, turn to look for him yeah. and to prepare our hearts uh, and to and to refocus, it's a time to recenter and refocus. So this is very appropriate. Um, when God comes, when Christ comes the second time, there's this judgment day. Um, there's no way of uh, getting around that. Um, this is something to fear if your heart is not right with God. You know, fear is not a bad. No, uh, the kind of fear that we're to have concerning uh, the holiness of God, who He is, and that we will give an account of our lives is wrapped up in the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. He comes, of course, as our Savior. That's Mm -hmm. called the Incarnation. Christmas, uh, the Incarnation. But he also comes at the end of history, and we will give an account of our lives. Mm -hmm. Advent helps us not to separate the two. Oh, that's neat. That's very helpful. So how appropriate it is, indeed, for the child of God in the context of the body of Christ, the church, to celebrate this season. I think so. It's rich. uh, You know, God in his provision allows us at least once a year to focus, Hmm. uh, and for a significant period of time, upon the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, Hmm. his first coming and his second coming. You know, um, um, I'm also reminded of the fact that um, as we look forward to his second coming, we also must look forward, um, I don't mean this in a weird sort of way, but to our own death. Uh, someday we will stand before God. So we teach, will meet him. So teach us, says the psalmist. Yes. yes to number to our days. number our days. Uh, you know, this was the year that I lost my mother. And uh, that time comes when there's nothing more the doctors and nurses can do. And that patient on that bed loses their life, and they go into eternity. Mm -hmm. And how important it is to be ready to have covenant relationship with God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. and uh, know that God personally and be ready to meet him. Um, The only way we can be ready, however, is through the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Let's talk about that just a little bit. Uh, Suppose someone starts to feel the necessity of being right with God. Is it of works? Let's explore that just for a moment. Well, you know, Christmas, obviously, is, uh, I've already alluded to it, a gift-giving time. Yeah. But but I I don't uh, uh, discourage people from giving gifts. I don't discourage them from spending money if they have it and celebrating Christmas. It is a time of celebration. Yeah, it's fun. But look what God did for us. If we could give a gift, it is because our Heavenly Father has given to us a a matchless gift, and it is in his name that we receive eternal life as Mm. a free gift 
that we might be ready and prepared to meet him at the end of history. Amen. Uh, so uh, the prophets of the Old Testament did not separate for many reasons, of course. Uh, Revelation is progressive. But nonetheless, they did not separate the first and second coming of Christ. That's neat. And there is an attempt in Advent uh, to remember both events. Mm-hmm. After all, Jesus was born what? He was born to die. And also, he was raised from the dead, his resurrection, mm-hmm. and he comes again. His yeah. first and second coming are inextricably connected. Mm-hmm. You can't really separate them theologically in one sense. Mm-hmm. And furthermore, when we think of his second coming, he's only coming again because he came the first time. Yeah. As humans, it seems like we get in this trap where everything's linear, and we've got to have a, have a little... Uh, stopwatch in our hands mm-hmm. as we understand history. It's an excellent point. Excellent point. It's huh. true. And, and um, of course, in one sense, uh, I, I suppose if C.S. Lewis is right or St. Augustine is right about eternity, there is no time in God, no past and no future. Yeah. Everything is yeah. present eternally because he's outside of space and time. He really is, yes. And maybe sometimes, well, of course, we have to live in time I mean, and no it's choice. progressive but we should try to hold the whole together yeah we do have minds that have memories yes and we do have minds that have anticipation mm. so we're asked in some sense to hold the first and second coming of christ together to see the total riches of god's salvation maybe if we looked at eschatology that way there'd be a lot less uh, infighting going on among the christians i think so that's the this is the major Mm. theme that we should be pronouncing not That's not right. not exactly when no. uh how long the church is going to be here and when no. is the rapture or has it already setting dates it's it's it can i be so bold it's ungodly to it's go ungodly. down that path it is it's, it's not it's not what the lord would have for his his people it creates strife division all that he asks is that we anticipate like watch and wait like we learned during the season of advent mm-hmm. For our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Um, What about um, going back to uh, this church calendar, which is, I I believe, is like a Western calendar. Um, There's another group of Christians out there. um, They call themselves the Orthodox tradition. Uh, Is their calendar a little bit different? It is. uh, It's a bit different. Uh, Mm -hmm. Uh, it's close, but but a bit different. So right. so uh, people who are Christians and in that geographical region from the Middle East, and many mm-hmm. have immigrated to America. There's a of course uh, a number of churches that come from the Middle East are called all together are called Eastern Orthodoxy. Okay. They have a different calendar than the Western Christians do. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I I like to um, to in some some ways encourage uh, many out there who may not be used to marking time according to the Christian calendar. You have to mark time some way. Yes. And and we are made to do that. God has put the the sun in the heavens and the moon and the stars, and we, we were meant to keep track of time. Mm-hmm. Even this broadcast today is going to end bottom of the hour, That's whether right. we like it or not. <laughs> Grab by the clock. But, you, but why, why, why just simply let the seculars dictate ah. our times and seasons that we observe? That's a powerful point. Um, if you turn on the TV today, the secular media is going to be controlling the way you think about this season coming up. 
many times it's very materialistic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very little mention is really made of, of Jesus and why he came, his people, his second coming. That, that's, there's, there's actually a fight over time today between seculars and Christians. Yes. I, um, I know of a student, I won't go into many details, no. whose senior thesis in his college was rejected because he used A.D. and B.C. That's fascinating. And he was accused of being narrow-minded, intolerant, and didn't appreciate multiculturalism. He should have, they said, used dating that would not in any way be tied to Christianity. Can you see the hair on the back of my neck standing up? (laughs) I really get upset over that sort of thing. Um, well, Jesus he did, he did get it straightened out. I'm happy to say, but he uh, came to church one Sunday evening and told me this story, yeah. and I encouraged him to keep fighting. And he finally, after Amen. a month, got it straightened out. Jesus Christ breaks into history. It is a phenomenal event, the coming of Jesus into this world. And as you've said before, it comes in the middle, the center of history. <laughs> he is the center of history. <laughs> he really is. Everything is in reference to Jesus Christ. It's neat. And the secularist does not like that, does he? He comes at the center of history and guarantees the end. Yeah. He guarantees the end, that it will fall out not in by man's designs, but by God's. So we mark time as a Christian, not as a secularist. Unfortunately, many Christians do. I, I, I would yeah. try to encourage some of them out there to think about, yeah. you know, there's nothing wrong with using the Christian calendar. It might be one way you can encounter this yeah, extreme sure. secularism that we have. You mentioned when the mic was off a book that was written by a scholar that uh, covered this idea of time and Jesus. What was that book? It's, it's, it's a very, it is a very scholarly book. It's written by Oskar Kuhlmann. He Kuhlmann. was a, a great German New Testament scholar. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether he was Reformed or Lutheran. He's one of the two. Mm-hmm. But one of the, the great New Testament scholars in the early half of the 20th century, he wrote a book called Christ and Time. Christ and Time. And, so, and he points okay. out that in God's design uh, – Christians are to think of time in Christ. Mm. Now, notice how the Scripture presents him. He is the Alpha and the Omega. That is the beginning, the end, the first, and the last. Yes. But not only is he the first and the last, he is the middle. (laughs) In the fullness of time, if you will, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law. He entered right into the middle of human affairs, born in a manger. And that's what Advent is doing. You just can't get away from him. He's there. He's there. <laughs> Even when our secular uh, friends try to get away from it, they end up still oh. still dating their calendars. Uh, they just try to use different terminology, but they date it just to. like Christians. Oh, yeah, you have to. Um, so for the scholars listening to us today, you may want to pick this book up. It's, it's recommended, mm-hmm. uh, Christ and Time. Oscar Kuhlman, and that's spelled C-U-L-M-A-N-N? I think so. Something like that. I think so. 
So um, I have it on my bookshelf, and I read it years ago. It's a wonderful book. <laughs> I've got a lot of books on my bookshelf, and I end up reading about two or three pages. <laughs> <laughs> well, this I'm is one so I read guilty. through. I am so guilty. There's only a few that I've read all the way through. Now, um, I see we're almost out of time for this broadcast today. Today we're talking about Advent. Uh, we are looking forward to uh, the whole Christmas time. Tomorrow begins the very first Sunday in Advent, the beginning of the Advent season. And how will you be celebrating it, Pastor Vance, in your church? Well, we will. It, we, we have a, a in our bulletin, at the top of the bulletin, it says the first Sunday of Advent. We want mm-hmm. people to know that this is the beginning of a new year. Mm-hmm. And we start with Christ and his birth. And we will go all the way through the year. Uh, and there'll be various times where we celebrate an event in the life of Christ and mm-hmm. the church. And when you add it all up, it's it can all be described in one word, gospel. Amen. It is the gospel. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. there there ought to be a, a, a lesson every Lord's Day just by the structure mm-hmm. of it, uh, of the gospel. Yeah. I say it from the scriptures and preach it, mm-hmm. but the whole structure of the worship through the year Hmm. is to teach the gospel. Isn't it wonderful to be able to get together with the people of God and worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as a corporate body, ascribing to the Lord the glory that is due unto his name. We would encourage you, dear listener, uh, this coming Lord's Day to assemble with the people of God in church and uh, worship with his people. Hey, we're out of time for this uh, Plain Answer program already. And um, I want to thank Dr. Vance for joining us today. Any wrap-up thoughts? you got one minute. Anything you want to say well, to the listener? Uh, I do know this, that Advent, for me, helps me focus. Mm. And to focus on the life of Christ and the things of God. And I believe that um, uh, Advent can serve a good purpose. Is it required in Scripture? Absolutely not. Mm-mm. Paul reminds us over and over again uh, that uh, these are not obligatory days. Mm -hmm. But something, while it may not be required in Scripture, sometimes in our wisdom we understand that maybe we should adopt certain kinds of customs Mm -hmm. and traditions for our churches and our families that help us to be better people, better focused, and more aware of the grace of God in Christ. Amen. Well put. This has been Redeemer Broadcasting's A Plain Answer. Thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, check for us online at RedeemerBroadcasting.org, where this broadcast is posted. For Redeemer Broadcasting, I'm Dan Elmendorf. May our Lord richly bless you today as you serve Him.